Hello, friends. This episode is sponsored by the National Eucharistic Congress. I have some truly extraordinary news to share with you all. A landmark event is on the horizon that you won't want to miss, a moment that we hope is a turning point for the Catholic Church in America. It's called the National Eucharistic Congress. This historic gathering is a crucial moment within the three-year National Eucharistic Revival that's happening right now. In the face of division, confusion, and fatigue, we are being invited to return to our source of unity, peace, and rest, the Holy Eucharist. We know the world is hurting, and we know the Church is called to meet this need, but first she must experience healing. This coming summer, the Church will enter a new phase of this movement, a year of mission. But before every great mission in the Bible, there was a commissioning, anointing, or outpouring of the Holy Spirit. At the National Eucharistic Congress, we will be praying that God will anoint the church for this new season of Eucharistic mission. And our very own Sister Miriam James Highland will emcee this incredible event. You are invited to attend July 17th to the 21st, 2024, for a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be there when we pray for the church to experience a new Pentecost. So get ready for world-class teaching from trusted voices like Father Mike Schmitz, Bishop Barron, Sister Josephine Garrett, Katie Prejean McGrady, and many others. Experience powerful worship, joy-filled fellowship, and renewed zeal for sharing the love of Jesus in your community. Visit eucharisticcongress.org to reserve your passes or click the link in the show notes to learn more. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, season 13. And we are delighted to be with you on this adventure. And I know that the Lord is going to do wonderful things in all of our hearts. The Abiding Together podcast is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And wherever you find yourself in the world, wherever you find yourself in your life, you are most welcome here. And we know that the Lord will speak to you. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I am joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. And we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life. We speak about our sorrowful mysteries, our joyful mysteries, and how the Lord is leading us in it all. And you are most welcome right here, right here. So please grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. We're on a like a little series roll here. We're going to do a two-part series on the latest exhortation of Pope Francis on St. Therese, which she talks about the confidence in the merciful love of God, which just came out because we're cutting edge, y'all. We are cutting edge. So <laughs> um, we're fast. We get we, to it. Yes. We, <laughs> we're, we're relevant. I don't know. <laughs> like whatever. They're, people just turned off. They're like, oh, forget it. Anyway. <laughs> Michelle, how are we, dear? We are good. It is actually fall here in Florida. It's cold. Mm -hmm. I mean, like 50 degrees. I mean, that's cold for us mm -hmm. people. So yeah, we are good. But mm -hmm. like I said before, I just love it. Life begins again in the fall. It feels crisp and it feels beautiful and all good. So And it mm -hmm. unlocks a new part of your wardrobe. It does. So when you move and from tank tops yes. to actually like sweaters, you know. Actually, and I really your front porch. Oh, it does. You unlocked your front porch I did. also. All the mums, all the pansies. I've been waiting. All the pumpkins. Dude, you should show people that if you want to. It's such a cute you did such a cute job with it. Thank you. I had to combat yeah, Michelle's front porch is where it's at. I had to combat all the scary stuff that's in our thing. Like, y'all, I don't know if it's just me, but like Halloween is getting scarier and scarier. Like to some of the oh, decorations, gross, yeah. I was like, ugh, like it's just mm -hmm. not nice, people. Not nice. So anyway, mm -hmm. all good. Heather, mm -hmm. how are you this morning? Good. I'm doing good. Yes, things are well up here. We were just talking before we got on about how, you know, kids growing up fast and leaving the nest really quick and 
how parenting changes and yeah, feeling all of that, you know, the joys and the like, oh my gosh, this is happening, you know, kind of trepidations of all, all of that, but yeah, I'm doing very well. Yeah. I just went prom dress shopping with my youngest. Mm. So that's super fun. Just Mm, all the exciting things of a senior year. So, gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah both of you guys have kids in their senior year. Yeah, we're in the midst yeah. of the it's lovely crazy. college application process, <laughs> which I really think it will be part of purgatory. And I'm not kidding. I'm like, why do we have to apply to this many schools? But anyway, it's all good. You know, mm-hmm. how are you, sister? Mm-hmm. I'm doing well. I'm too, you know, having, enjoying the fall and the Christmas in the air and preparing our place to receive people to come and rest. So it's always a, a great gift mm-hmm. to be able to do that. So yeah, it's just nice to be, it's just nice to be home. You know, it's nice not to have to travel or to, you know, I love, I love doing that. I love giving retreats and things like that, but it's just nice to be home and settle in as well. So mm-hmm. it's great. So that is a lovely gift. Well, friends, let's go ahead and get started. So you can follow along with us. This is a free document. You can find it on the Vatican's website, um, vatican.va. And Pope Francis just recently released it on October 15th. So it's his exhortation, as we mentioned, on St. Therese, the title being uh, On Confidence in the Merciful Love of God. And we're going to start, like we said, it's going to be two-part episodes. So we're going to talk about numbers one and two today, and then three and four in our next episode. And the scripture passage we're going to use is from the first letter of John, chapter four, verses well, let's see. There's so many verses. So seven to sixteen about letting us love one another, and that in perfect love that drives out fear, and that God is love. So that'll be something that we can continue to pray with and pray through this week. And the quote from Saint Therese, which I pondered a lot when I read this, as she says, "It is confidence and nothing but confidence that must lead us to love." So, Michelle, do you want to kick us off today as we kind of talk about this and walk through it and see what the Lord wants to wants to give us? Yeah, I think it's beautiful. And I think when we were talking, as we often do right before we started recording, like there, I think one of the things that we try to do is listen and say, okay, what is the Holy Spirit saying to the church? What is he saying to us right now? Right now, it is like the world feels, it's kind of felt this way, but it feels like it's getting darker and darker with everything that is going on all throughout the world. But a praying church is a powerful church. And I think we make it a lot harder than it has to be. Mm -hmm. And so what is the mother church saying to us right now? And so what she's saying to us right now, she's giving us some examples of prayer. And that is what we started this season's podcast with, prayer. Mm -hmm. So it gives us the example of St. Therese. And I mean, I think about St. Therese, like she may be little, but she is mighty. That is Therese. Here she is and just this exhortation Mm -hmm. of the little way. And I think that's what we need. And I think it fits very timely into like what we're even talking about with Father Boniface, the little places in us, you know, we think our obstacles are hindrances and actually they are open an open invitation for the Holy Spirit to work into our life. So what is she teaching us about prayer and how is she teaching us to trust? And this whole thing about confidence, I think is where we, yeah, we begin. It's because it's really confidence in the goodness of the Lord. And where have we disordered his face? Mm -hmm. And where have we disordered his goodness where we don't trust? So, yeah, I'm excited to dive in. Like it is. It's she's simple but profound. That is Therese. She is mighty, this little one. So, Yeah. yeah, it's all good. Heather, what are your thoughts? Yeah, whenever I think about Therese, encounter her writings, you know, anything like that, I'm just like, 
I, I take a big sigh of relief. <laughs> That's how it makes me feel. You know, like we did an episode very early on in the podcast called abiding versus striving. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, everything she says is just like in the face of striving. She's like, we mm-hmm. just can't do anything. We just need to rest in the arms of God who are, he was going to take care of us and be confident that we are his and, and love well. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, Therese, so good. I think, like you said, Michelle, we make it more complicated than it is. Not that that's easy all the time. You know, it's not, it's not easy, but it's not complicated. So excited, excited about Mm -hmm. this. I was thinking as I was reading it and Michelle, you'd found it. And then one of our listeners, I think Heather said you alerted, alerted us to this document as well. And we're always on the lookout for good things and what is the church releasing or what is the Holy Spirit saying to the church. And I was thinking of, of the significance of Pope Francis releasing this letter um, is, I mean, the, technically he writes it for the 150th anniversary of the birth of St. Therese of the child Jesus and the Holy face. And, but also with the recent just sorrowful conflict in the Middle East of Israel and Palestine and, and just what's happening in the world, you know, in America about to have another election year and just all these things that seem to be synthesizing in ways that are very deep and just very troubling in many ways. And also, you know, so I was, so I was thinking, what is the Lord giving us as he gives us St. Therese? And there have been so many books written about her. So many spiritual masters have written about her and it's mm-hmm. ceases to be, you know, it's, it's endless and it never ceases just the beauty that we can glean from her. And I, was thinking even of the opening quote that we have of of her confidence of her saying it is confidence and nothing but confidence that must lead us to love and i the word confidence being confide with faith so with faith of and you know the, the theological you know virtue of faith is the revelation the reception of the revelation of god so it's this deeper reception of what god is revealing of his truth of his love and what he's inviting us to so i think as we kind of sit with that, I really believe all of us, St. Charles wants to speak to every single one of us today. And wherever we find ourselves, whether we're working, whether we're retired, whether we're at um, home, maybe we're shut in, maybe we are a mom with littles, whatever, whatever, wherever we find ourselves, that St. Therese always has a, a beautiful message for us because mm-hmm. she's our friend. Yeah, definitely. I feel like she has been a companion to each of us, you know, mm-hmm. and that that's just a good reminder for us that the saints are, are real. You know, they're part of like the cloud of witnesses, but that we can engage them and ask them to pray for us and that they do come alongside us and they teach us and all of those things. So, so yeah, just another encouragement to if you don't know who Therese is or maybe you do, there's always more relationship mm-hmm. to grow mm-hmm. with the saints. So maybe we could just speak about the document. Let's kind of take that apart a little bit. So number one, the first section of the document is called Jesus for Others. And the the first, the intro speaks a bit about the life of St. Therese and kind of her journey. And then um, also her parents being canonized, which is really amazing as well. I mean, it's such an interesting mm-hmm. family in the most ordinary, but the most extraordinary ways. And so uh, number one, Jesus for Others, number eight underneath that first section, he says that the name of Jesus was constantly on her lips as an act of love even to her last breath. She had also written these words in her cell, Jesus is my one love. It was her interpretation of the supreme statement of the New Testament, God is love. So Michelle, as we begin, what what strikes you in this first section of Jesus for others and her comment that Jesus is her first love and that it's a grace that sets us free from self-absorption? I think what even struck me is like how much you read of someone and their beautiful writings, but something will stri- strike you at a different place and mm-hmm. a different time where you're at. I came across a quote from John Paul II when they were, it was an interview and they were asking him about what his main goal was for the Jubilee year, bringing, like he felt like his whole pontificate was to usher the church into the Jubilee year. And mm-hmm. he said, my main goal is for the church to be able to contemplate the face of Jesus 
and get into the mm-hmm. gaze of Jesus. That is my one goal for the church. And then it was interesting. And then for, I think it's a divine appointment that Pope Francis agreed to release this on St. Teresa of Avila's feast day. It's almost like, mm-hmm. all right, here come the sisters. Here they come, big T and little mm-hmm. T, you know, all together. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something about that that he did. And St. Teresa of Avila also, when she would tell her postulants, like, it's not about you looking at his face. It's about receiving his gaze upon you. And I love that St. Therese chose the name, the you know, the ho- most holy face of Jesus, mm-hmm. because I love that that was what she chose her name to be. Because really, for me, it was like, okay, how do I receive the gaze of Jesus on my life? Like, how do I receive him looking at me? Do I receive mm-hmm. it with eyes of love? Do I receive, because if I think about him looking at me and me looking at him, then I, then I'm confident because it's intimacy. I realized when I don't, when I'm trying to go into self-reliance, when I try to go to doubt, when I especially go to mm-hmm. fear, it's because I get out of the oh gaze gosh, so and I go to quote, you know, straight to self-reliance. And it was funny. I've said it a couple of times. One of my favorite quotes, St. Teresa of Avila is the self-reliance is what almost killed me. And I'm like, amen, sister. Amen. <laughs> like, but Therese is showing us like, just get in the gaze, like look in his face and allow him to love you. Mm-hmm. But that's easier said than done because for, there's something about us that doesn't want to receive that gaze. We don't allow mm-hmm. want us to be loved yeah. fully. And so like we want to mm-hmm. play peekaboo, cover our eyes with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts, Heather? I've been thinking a lot lately, just pondering how often we engage with God like a personal assistant. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I already have oh, my plans yeah. and I already have my things going on. If you could just come in here and help me with this and this and this, you take care of this. And then if he doesn't do a good job, I'm like, okay, you're fired. I'll take care of it and do it then because you're not doing it properly. <laughs> not that I'm saying that, but that type of attitude and relating to God instead of what you're saying, Michelle, like really staying in the gaze of God, trusting that he, like an absolute confidence that he has us, that even when suffering comes our way, that he will work it for good, that that these trials will, will purify our hearts and purify our lives loves and and those around us. And I think all too often we keep the Lord at an arm's length and Therese just presses right into that because she just mm-hmm. throws herself into his arms, you know, like just unabashedly throws herself into his mm-hmm. arms. And I love that about her. It's so inspiring. It is inspiring. It's so little. That's when children, that's what little children do, isn't it? I mean, I'm, you guys both have kids that were little at one, you know, one time, but even when you meet other little kids, little kids are often just so trusting and they'll throw themselves in your arms. They're like, Hey, come, you know, I want to sit on your lap or I want to, you know, come play with me. I want to do this. And there's something incredibly beautiful about that. And I think, you know, as we grow and we've had, you know, pains in our life or sorrows in our life, we become much more guarded and more reserved. And in the gospel of John, when Jesus at the last supper discourses, you know, Jesus says, I will not leave you alone. I will not literally, it says, I will not leave you orphans. Mm -hmm. I will not, I will not leave you orphans. And that's the promise of the Eucharist. I will not leave you orphans. I will always be with you. And in deliverance ministry, there's actually an orphan spirit. Mm -hmm. There's a spirit of orphanhood. And uh, you know, one of our, our friends, one of our priest friends talks about like, it isn't, or what is an orphan? An orphan doesn't have the ability to see that there's anybody above me who's going to take care of me. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to watch over me. Nobody's going to take care for my needs. So I need to take care of them myself. And I, nobody is trustworthy. And you could just hear all of us have those places in our hearts where even God doesn't seem safe enough to trust because of experiences we've had that seem to cast shadows upon the nature of who God really is. And so I, I love that Jesus keeps, as she talks about that, like, draw me, Jesus, from the Song of Songs, like, draw me, draw me, draw me. Like, the Lord keeps revealing the truth of who he is. And it's in his 
strong character that is steadfast, that doesn't crumble, that doesn't break, that we continue to, I guess, crash upon the shores of his love and mm-hmm. find ourselves met there, even in ways we didn't think we were before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's using that analogy of like, it's the, it's the aroma, like that mm-hmm. one that draws us to Jesus, mm-hmm. but, but also that draws other people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's the encounter yes. with his love. I like how Pope Francis says, evangelization takes place by attraction, not mm-hmm. by pressure or proselytism. And I think often we want to engage people in the mind. It's like, let me win you over with this really smart argument, you know, about mm-hmm. why, why God's real or why the church existed. Not that those things are bad, but I think I think what, what she's pointing out and what Pope Francis is highlighting here is that a heart inflamed with love for God, who is also allowing themselves to be loved by God, is what is going to attract people. And, and mm-hmm. that's just a good reminder for us. Like we are called to make disciples of all nations. That's the, that's the call that Jesus has given to us. And, and Therese did that by first allowing herself to be loved by him mm-hmm. and loving mm-hmm. him back. And, and then her, I mean, she is like the patron of missions, right? Like yeah. patron, mm-hmm. patron mm-hmm. of missionaries. That's a pretty big title to get just, and you go, wait, all she did was like, let herself be loved by God and love him back. You know, like that was her big thing. And, and that's the point. It's like, yeah, that's the big thing. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. And, and Therese, I mean, is the best at like, it's not all your works. It's not all the stuff that we think. It's a total mind shift that she leads us through as we reflect on her life. Mm-hmm. It is. And she did it like in a way, they talk about it several times in this document, the hidden life. She was not yeah. flashy. Like no one ever heard of this 24 year old little girl from France. Like it wasn't a flashy light. And she says at the very beginning, like, Jesus is my one love. And mm-hmm. it was striking me because I was laughing. My daughter's a freshman in high school and one of her closest friends, like homecoming time is right now. So they're asking, you know, like whatever. So they're getting in their car talking about this boy, like, what did he wear today? Oh my gosh, what did he say? Okay, like when he said it, how was his tone of voice? Did he say this? And, to, and they were, you know, like all the different animation, like, oh my gosh. Like, and they're like, mom, you have to see him. Like, he's so cute. Da, 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 da. You know, they're talking about this boy. And I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh. Is that how I am with Jesus? Like, let me see. What is he wearing today? Like, what is his face today? Like, what is he looking at me with? Like, it was almost like, um, almost like a really great reminder for me to realize, like, that's how I should be about Jesus. What is on mm-hmm. your heart today? Like, what, tell me what you're thinking about today. What are you wearing today, Jesus? You know, and so I don't know. Probably, I mean, I always think he's in a white robe, but I don't know. And so, like, but what does his eyes look like today? What's on? You know, but like that is his first love, and that's attractive. You know, when you see someone mm-hmm. like giddy like that, and not that it's emotionalism and not anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's a relationship. It's allowing ourselves to be a relationship, and that's attractive. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like for us in the church, we need to fall deeper in love with Jesus and allow ourselves to be loved. So that beauty, truth, and goodness are what attracts people. The beauty of Jesus, the truth of Jesus, the goodness of Jesus is overflowing out of our lives. And that is what is attractive. And people are like, all right, there's something different about them. There's something different. And not that we have to be perfect, you know, because I think it's also our humanity is actually attractive also. And so, but it's, there's something different. There's a light, there's a fragrance, there. You know, we're a little salty, whatever it is. And so that brings people to the love of the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I love that line where she says, Jesus is my one love. This is yes. right at the very beginning. And I kind of didn't want to go past it because I was also reading this other book called Jesus is Enough and by Eric Gilmore. And in there, he quotes another guy. I can't remember who it was. He says, many love God truly, but they do not love him only. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I've been meditating on that for quite some time, you know, and when you, when I read that, I just go, Jesus is my one love. 
can I say that with confidence? We're like, well, I love mm-hmm. a lot of other things. You know, there's a lot of other things in the mix there, which we would call idols. You know, there are mm-hmm. other things yeah. that we that we hold either above him or beside him or just right below him that are a scapegoat when we don't like what God is doing in our life. I love that she was so single hearted. I've mm-hmm. been praying that a lot in my own prayer. I'm like, Lord, give me an undivided heart. I don't want my loves to be divided. Yes. I want everything to come from my love for you. Um, and your love for me to flow from that place. Well, and that's when love works well, so to speak. It's when love is ordered. And that's what Jesus, when he's our first love and our only love, then every other love in our life is ordered. And then it can be rich and beautiful and pleasurable and life-giving. And we can suffer and sacrifice without getting resentful or bitter or mm-hmm. because our loves are ordered. And I appreciate Pope Francis quotes her number 12. He says, that is my prayer. I ask Jesus to draw me to the flames of his love, to unite me so closely to him that he live and act in me. I feel that the more the fire of love burns within my heart, the more I shall say, draw me, the more also the souls who will approach me, the more these souls will run swiftly in the odor of the ointments of their beloved for a soul that is burning with love cannot remain inactive. And so she's not taking other people to herself or taking things to herself, but she's bringing everything to Jesus. And that's not just a nice pietistical thing of like, oh, that's what the saints do. And it's kind of a, or it's kind of like a fake love. Like that's, that is the fullness of love because then we can love everything the way in, in God, through God and with God. And that's, that's when we can enjoy and we can receive and we can give the gift of ourselves. We're not trying to get something subconsciously or get somebody to do what we want. So then we get what we, I mean, those are little games we often play are just our ways of trying to get our own well done. But I, I, I just, it's so purifying, isn't it? It's so simple. I, everything we're talking about, maybe most of our listeners have heard before, but these are the fundamentals of prayer. Like this is a fundamental of love. Like this is a fundamental of Christian discipleship. Mm-hmm. And and she's teaching us right now in this day and age, how to be holy, like how to be whole, how do you be brought into communion when we ask Jesus to draw us mm-hmm. and to order our loves. And I love, she goes on to the part too, the little way of trust and love, and it's known as the way of spiritual childhood. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about it this morning, praying about it before we recorded. It's not childish, it's childlike. So it's not an immaturity. Mm-hmm. Like we will never grow out of our need to for the Lord to continue to mature us and grow. Like I, I mean, we all do this. We think when we get to this point, we think when we get to this point, but it doesn't happen. But it's not being childish, it's being childlike. It is being mm-hmm. where we just trust Him. And where we also trust our desires and align our desires with his desires for us. Like, I love that she just was like, I'm going to be a saint and I can't do it, <laughs> but like you give me, you've given me this desire. So it comes mm-hmm. from you and you were purifying this desire, like sister was saying earlier in this furnace of love. So I'm going to allow you to do it in me and through me is to become this saint. And she just trusted that he would. And like, especially for our young moms, like really watch your kids and how they trust you. Like watch how they depend mm-hmm. on you. It's such a beautiful thing. So sometimes it doesn't feel like a beautiful thing at 3 a.m. in the morning. I know when they're waking you up, mm-hmm. but it is. It's such a beautiful thing. And our, my next door neighbor, she has twin little girls and there's one birdie that I, I love both of them, but that she'll allow me to hold her. You know, they're in that season where they don't want to go to everyone now. Like, that, you know, stranger mm-hmm. danger is what we call it, but <laughs> she'll come to me and I love like someone will say, come on, come to me. And she'll say no and pull, like tug back and just hold on to me and then puts her head on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. I'm like best feeling ever, you know, like I just <laughs> love it. Totally. But that's what the Lord wants for us. Like, no, I just want to stay with you, Lord. And I, let me just rest mm-hmm. on your shoulder. Like, let me allow you to do that. Like Father Mark Tube says, let me allow you to do the heavy lifting 
and let me Mm -hmm. to be childlike in my faith with you. And sometimes we need to allow ourselves to be, to allow life to make us little again. So it's like the Benjamin Button, you know, idea. It's like, we got to go backwards again. And I remember in my thirties, um, stepping into a really difficult season where, you know, it was, it was like spurred on by a bunch of like events in my life. My car got broken into. There was a whole bunch of things that really rattled me to the core. And it it triggered this deep fear that I have and a lack of safety that I felt. But but what occurred following that was I, I was propelled into a bunch of anxiety, depression, which lasted mm-hmm. through like several years, you know, of a battle. And that felt like torture to me because I had become so self-reliant and i was used to being strong and used to pushing through and used to doing life a certain way. And it wasn't that the Lord was doing this to me because he's kind, he's not mean, but he does allow things to bring us to a place of dependence and trust if we let that occur, you know, and I was putting up a fight guys, like a really good fight against that. Mm -hmm. I did not want that to occur until I realized I just couldn't. I just couldn't do it. And that that place, I've come to love that place where there are things that I cannot do for myself because that's when I really need him. I need the Lord to come through. And boy, does he. Like he, he he's not resistant to our weakness. He's so drawn to our weakness and our littleness. And that's when I've seen him show up in so much power and so much love and so much kindness and so much care. It's when we allow ourselves to be brought to our knees, even through just the regular circumstances of life. Like it's not always like Mm -hmm. just in our spiritual soul, you know, that's Mm -hmm. occurring in our prayer time, but life circumstances can bring us to that place. And it it actually has become a place of freedom where I thought it was going to be the worst place. And I know Mm -hmm. each of us have experienced that. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Sister, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Well, I I appreciate you saying that, Heather, because in St. Teresa's life, she has a lot of those life experiences. And mm-hmm. it's easy, I think, for a lot of people to discount her. I know I did for a long time. Like, how do you relate to her? She seems like too sweet. And But when you look at her life and just how she suffered and just the loss of her mama when she was so young and then you know, her sisters and just her own physical illnesses and having tuberculosis and, and just the ways that even pe- sisters in her own convent didn't know her, didn't, you know, it's not like she was this exalted kind of creature where she's a real person with a lot of difficulties and she had a severe dark and it says it in the letter number under number two Pope Francis kind of illuminates her dark like trial of faith where Mm -hmm. it for her it was just I mean it was piercing to the dark we're talking about like Mother Teresa kind of stuff where just you don't experience God and all the consolations gone and even like belief I and all she had to hold on to was that confidence in God of of that he is who he says he is and her littleness even there like that firm hope and I, I think we're terrified. Like we love, we want that kind of vulnerability, but we so fear it at the same time. We're so afraid of mm. if I surrender, what's going to happen. And I know just the other night I woke up at three o'clock in the morning with my mind racing of things like the to-do list, the things. And I was very much convicted by the Lord saying like, who's, who's doing this? Are you doing it? Are you yeah. <laughs> like, is this your, cause yeah, as adults, we have responsibilities that we're not, she's not, St. is not encouraging us to shirk responsibility or mm-hmm. so as adult, we have responsibilities, but how do we go about our day with peace and confidence and hope and, and in, in the sorrow to turn to the Lord and say, all right, Lord, what do you want me to learn? And it, it was very convicting of like, that was me and all my unmet expectations or expectations that the people had on me and, and things that I wanted to do versus like turning it to the Lord. If it's not, if it, if I can't do it in peace, it's not worth doing. Mm, that's good. If I can't do it, if I'm doing it with the resentment, if I'm doing it with bitterness, if I'm doing it with like, Oh, I have all the, Amen. Oh, it's not worth doing. Like until I can adjust my attitude. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the yeah. Lord's like, okay, look, let's try this again. I love you. Let's try it again. So I'm like, yeah, thanks. And I think that goes back to what she's saying, sister, like, and you, 
you and I have had this conversation a lot lately is the daily abandonment, the daily surrender yeah. that it starts there. Like every single day, the Lord is really teaching me. There was a situation with one of my kids two weeks ago and I was like, I just wanted to come in and fix it and organize and make it happen or whatever. And Lord's like, will you surrender this to me? Just surrender mm-hmm. and pray and like hands off. And like you said, that doesn't mean you shirk your adult duties, like, but will you just surrender? And I did. I was like, Lord, I'm just mm-hmm. surrendering the situation to you. I'm surrendering this whole thing. And that child came back to me later and said, mom, I really think I need to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. Lord, you work. And it's not like it's a genie in a bottle or anything like that, but it's giving him time and space, like what we say in the mass and scripture in him, through him, with him, through the power of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, that he can do this stuff. But one of the things that she says in the daily abandonment, he says, we who run in the way of love shouldn't be thinking of suffering that can take place in the future. It lacks of confidence. Yes. I was like, okay, mic drop. If that's not what's going on in the world right now, like my mind, I woke up in the middle of the night thinking, okay, if this happens, if it happens to this in the Middle East, then what will happen with this? These poor people, mm-hmm. you know, the Lord's like, you have to just surrender, Michelle, pray and surrender. But we lack confidence. I'm not mm-hmm. walking in the way. I don't want to walk on the narrow path. I want to walk on the big wide path and know every single road sign that's going to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not this narrow, short way <laughs> where there's no road signs that tell you which way to go. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. Heather, what are your thoughts? Yeah. In 24, just to kind of encapsulate what's what you both are saying, Pope Francis says, the complete confidence that becomes an abandonment in love sets us free from obsessive calculations, constant worry about the future and fears that take away our peace. Mm-hmm. You know, complete confidence in who mm-hmm. God is. And I, I, I do think trust is at the heart of a lot of issues that we have have with the Lord. This is, so you know, the Garden of Eden. This is the Garden of Eden is our uh, an example of our own hearts where we don't trust him is where things go sideways. We choose another way. We choose another God. We numb ourselves. We take it on our own shoulders. And Therese's little way of trust and love mm-hmm. is like, oh gosh, come on, Therese, little girl, come on. Mm-hmm. She's a good one. And listeners, we'll pick this back up next week. Uh, we're just going to wrap it up. But I, I I love that you highlighted that quote, Heather, because yeah, I'm wondering maybe, maybe this week of where the Lord wants to highlight some of our obsessive calculations, <laughs> our constant worry about the future and our fears that take away our peace. And, you know, Father Jacques Philippe, we did his book, um, Searching for Maintaining Peace a long time ago of there's mm-hmm. nothing, there's nothing in our life worth losing our peace over, which the deepest meaning of peace is our right restored relationship with God. And sometimes I think we're also afraid of the places we don't trust God. We say, like, I should trust God here. Lord, I'm sorry. I don't trust you. Jesus understands why we don't trust him. Mm-hmm. And maybe it, that's the very place that we need to bring to the Lord this week of Lord. Here's my obsessive calculation, Lord. I'm afraid if I let go, something really bad's going to happen. Or in the past, when I felt like I did let go, this happened. Can you, can you help me? Can you open my heart here? What is the root of this, Lord? Or I felt like mm-hmm. I did pray that novena, Lord. Or I feel like you didn't come through for me. The Lord is not afraid of those conversations. Mm-mm. And many times it's to that very place that he wants to go because how is trust restored by the revelation of love? Like trust, it, broken trust is healed by love. And maybe that as we kind of sit with St. Therese asking her to help us this week of, you know, highlighting some of those places. Okay. Is it, you know, as we move into the fall, is it time to, you know, surrender some things so we can, we can walk differently? Amen, Amen friend. Amen. It's good. Yeah. So Heather, do you want to give one of uh, one thing this week? Uh, sure. I have two. So um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I am newly on the Canadian board for Renewal Ministries and I went to their uh, gathering with a bunch of country coordinators. And so this is Peter Herbeck, Ralph Martin and Debbie Herbeck and Rachel Herbeck, all these 
wonderful people, Pete Burek, that are involved in this ministry. And I just, I didn't realize how far reaching their ministry is into other parts of the world. And I just sat listening to stories of people who are completely sold out for the gospel, who sometimes just sleep in the mud, like to be able to bring the gospel to people. And I thought, wow, their laser focus on what is most important, just in talking about mission today, I was just so inspired and so grateful for the ministry, Renewal Ministries and all that they're doing, you know, here from people who are in Uganda and different parts of the world. And I was like, oh my gosh, the beautiful things that are happening in Africa mm-hmm. and other parts of the world. And like the spirit is moving and all of these bishops and priests are like coming like into, into know the Lord in deeper ways and, you know, leaders impact a lot of people. So it was just mm-hmm. such an incredible time to be with them. You can check out their ministry if you like. And then my second one thing is, did you guys know that St. Therese writes poems? Because there's some oh, that yeah. are so beautiful and I want to post one of them where she just is like meditating on the tabernacle and the things mm-hmm. in the sanctuary. It's just so sweet. So anyway, I'll post one of those in the show notes. Michelle, mm-hmm. what's your one thing? My one thing is one of our sponsors, actually, Bell Road mm-hmm. Beef. They oh, are yes. amazing. They sent us, like they are a, a family farm, I think three generations, I'm not sure of all the details, out in New Mexico. And they sent us some beef samples. And mm-hmm. it was such a gift. And I didn't know anything about them before they became a sponsor. And um, so I looked them up online and then I looked at their social media and all of that. But it was really such a gift mm-hmm. to me. I'm about to hit like a year anniversary of my dad's passing. And when I looked mm-hmm. like when growing up, we had an Angus cow ranch. And so mm-hmm. that was one of my dad's favorite time. And so it was just really such like a sweet gift to receive this meat and y'all the steaks. So good. Like so good. We just made them <laughs> Sunday night. Like I am totally sold. But there is something just about just the sweetness of this family and what they are yeah. doing and working the lands and the agriculture. And Britt, one of the moms, has just suffered from breast cancer. And she is mm-hmm. um, just such a beautiful story. So I'm just going to post the link t- to them. And thank you so much. What is such a beautiful gift. And thank you for what you are doing also. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. so important. So, yeah. They're my one thing. It's great. Mm-hmm. Great. We have really great sponsors. We have amazing sponsors. And, just, and they're so different. And I just, yeah, recently going through a lot of our sponsorship stuff. And I'm just, and I'm amazed. It's inspiring to me. I'm like, that's totally. awesome. It is. The Catholics are doing stuff like this. Like everything from beef to woodworking to quarter candles to all the beautiful, you know, inspirations, prayer journals. I mean, it's just. Yeah, the Ember amen. Journal. My yes. gosh, it was gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yes. Actually, I'm going to give mm-hmm. that a subscription for Christmas. Wooden like, toys for yes. kids. Totally. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, you go Catholic awesome people. Yes. <laughs> Keep creating. You are creating. That's our jam. That's what we do. I know. Yeah. My family's like, you're getting these packages. I'm like, I feel like it's Christmas almost every other day from our <laughs> sponsors. Me too. This I is know. awesome. I'm so grateful. Yes. I know. It's, it's grateful. Well, speaking of Catholic creatives, my one thing for the week, you know, I love Sarah Kroger. I just love her beauty. And I just recently came across her cover of What a Wonderful World. Mm. Um, it was first oh, originally yeah. recorded so by Louis sweet. Armstrong. And it, I just is so St. Therese of like, and despite of all the things that are difficult, there are so many things that we can look at and say, that's a wonderful world. And her cover is just gorgeous of it. So mm. that is my one thing for the week is yeah, Sarah Kroger's cover of What a Wonderful World. So That's awesome. Anyway, dear friends, well, join us next week. We are going to complete um, this little letter on St. Therese. And like we said, you can get it for free on Vatican.ba and have a discussion about it. Pray about it. See what God opens your heart to. And until next week, we will be writing together. God bless you. Have a great week. 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member, and you will receive bonus content every month, such as recipes, music playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abidingtogetherpodcast. Thank you so much, and God bless you.